Hello, welcome to episode 8 of So Long Too Long. Um, we've recorded this on the same evening as episode 7 because we wanted to make the most of Steve while he's on our shores. So if you've emailed us since the last episode, um, we'll we'll get round to it next time. But we did have some more uh, correspondence, as they say in the biz, um, that we wanted to go through. I think Rowie had some, didn't you? Yeah, just a, a lot of positive feedback to um, <laughs> Steve's MS Paint job on a Colombo. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> if, if, if the stop asking around inventing time machines because you might as well just throw up an, uh, an MS paint job from 15, 20 years ago because yeah. it just took people right back and um, we've had some correspondence from Beck who says now the Albanese now a local and you'd be glad uh. to know it's still a great pint in there <laughs> and they, they still make friends Every time they go in, they, yeah. so it's still got a charm about it, let's say. So we might be doing that show <laughs> from L13 so. pretty soon, do you reckon? I think so. I'm up for that, yeah. As long <laughs> as they've forgiven me for stealing the table that time, I reckon. And we can cut let's the ribbon on the music corner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the pictures we went through the well in between last episode and this, we went through the pictures uh, our correspondent had sent, and there's even a jukebox there now and a, and a piano that they wear. A piano? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Is that marker? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so again, thanks for all, all your correspondence, and we've had people um, already sending in uh, memories and stories they want us to cover. There is one which. We are going to cover um, a, a infamous gig, so we just want um, people to know if you were at the head of steam gig, and you will know which one if you were there. That yeah, we're gonna cover it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, thanks so so much for um, subscribing. What we're gonna also be doing is for Patreon subscribers adding on little bonus extras. Um, one thing we're gonna do um, is. Uh, go through the enemy cool list of 2005 and see who was cool around then, who we hated, uh, probably everyone, but who the reasons we hated them. <laughs> who was cooler than Frank Bottom? We're going to find out. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I know I hated all of them. <laughs> so there's going to be extra bonus bits for uh, Patreon subscribers. Um, it, thanks a million. Um, it's not free to host these shows. It, it does cost a bit. So anything um, you subscribe to it really, really is appreciated. But anyway, without further ado, here's episode eight of So Long Too Long. This is So Long Too Long, a true-to-life recounting of a band that, despite their very best efforts, seemed destined to break into the big time if they could only overcome one hurdle, themselves. If they weren't quite four lads who shook the world, they certainly gave their postcodes a tremble. We ended the last episode with me receiving a prophecy in a fortune cookie that informed me that whether I chose to follow fame or love, I'd be a success. News that arrived just after the Albany had played their first ever proper gig in town. Fantastic. The fact that on the back of this gig, combined with our ever-continuing MySpace follies attracting more local engagement, we were offered other gigs within the city meant that I felt this was a certainty, my fame was a safe bet. 
Our next gigs were in the hallowed Zanzibar and Largo, two venues that held very dear places in my heart. The Zanzibar had, a few years earlier, felt like the epicentre of the universe. Local band The Bandits had started a club night there called The Bandwagon that quickly caught the attention of the national music press as it played host to the most exciting music coming from Merseyside in The Coral, The Zootons and The Stands before attracting wider zeitgeist capturing bands like The Libertines and even a set from Noel Gallagher in a very intimate gig I was lucky enough to be at. Although the bandwagon's flame had flitted out by this point, the Zanzibar was still seen as the place to cut your teeth and in Pat O'Shaughnessy genuinely had the best sound system and engineer in the city. Largo, meanwhile, was a bar that I had been frequenting since my fake ID arrived in the post when I was 16. A place that sold astonishingly cheap beer. I've got the figure £1.10 for a pint in my head. It was the hangout of many of Liverpool's second tier of musicians. If the upstairs of the Zanzibar was where the Premier League musicians went to drink Red Stripe and smoke weed, Largo was where the championship teams such as the Maybes and Tramp Attack went to drink Carling and, well, smoke weed. It was a dive with the worst toilet in the city, but we loved it with a religious fervour. To get gigs in both venues, therefore, felt great. If we hadn't quite arrived, we were certainly en route. I remember both gigs feeling good, though my matured ears now tell me they probably sounded dreadful, but they were largely uneventful and things felt good, even natural. I was doing my fortune cookie proud. That was to change. The specifics of how we got the gig or who we were supporting escape me now, but we were soon offered the return gig at the Barfly, back to the scene of our finest hour. This time it was a Friday night, perfect for whipping up a crowd. We got to work plastering it all over MySpace and drumming up support, only for our plans to come crashing down on the day of the gig. We received a message telling us that our slot had been pulled. We were gutted. We announced the news on social media and went to the Albany pub to lick our wounds. Once there, fueled by Fosters, an incensed Rowie decided he wasn't going to stand for this. He was going to take affirmative action. He rang the venue and told them, in his broad Scouse accent, that we were a Manchester band, and as such, we'd booked a van to bring us down the M62 for the gig, and, again, all in a thick Scouse accent, how aggrieved we were not to be playing. Miraculously, this worked. The venue and the promoters took pity on this bunch of Mancunian mefs and agreed that if we carried on ploughing down the motorway, we could have our set. The only problem was, by now it was 6pm, we needed to get our gear, in bin bags naturally, to the venue and try and recoup our following. As archaic as it sounds now, smartphones weren't a thing at this point, and we had no way of updating our main news source, MySpace. So we faced these two problems with what any self-respecting serious musicians would do. We ran to Steve's dad for help. Steve's dad had a van that could easily accommodate us and our gear and lived a five-minute walk from the pub. There, Steve would also hopefully have access to his computer and could tell the world the good news, the gig was back on. We agreed this to be the best plan of action and without any time to spare, left the Albany. Such was the rush. I still had my pint to finish, but my orders were clear and affirmative and I set off with my drink still in hand, safe in the knowledge I could finish it on the way back to HQ. This was our first mistake of many. 
By sheer chance, a police car happened to be passing on Derby Lane and on seeing us screeched to a halt and pulled me aside before giving me a good dressing down for the dual offence of carrying alcohol in an open container that could also be used as a weapon. The police officers were more irritated by my clear stupidity and obviously didn't see much value in wasting much time with me. They no doubt could see my knees knocking and my puppy dog eyes widening and rightly assumed I was just a daft lad rather than an antisocial hoodlum. But regardless, they confiscated my glass and tragically poured away my nectar before telling us to get on our way. If I had the know-how and arrogance, I could have spun this to the lads as I rejoined the group, as our first brush with notoriety and worn it as a badge of honour, my first brush with the law as a surefire sign we were the hottest gang in town. But I think I was highly embarrassed and just wanted it all to be forgotten about, so rushed everyone further on to load the van. We're on Zoom. Steve's in the room. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but look at the cans on the table. <laughs> and the notes. <laughs> From the band that had their set lists on beer mats, we've got our notes for so long, too long episodes written on the back of a, a cardboard beer container. Uh, you can take the lads out of L13, but you can't take the L13 out of them. A lot of lessons are being learned. If it ain't broke, no <laughs> it, it was broke from the start, <laughs> Robbie. That's the whole point of the thing. If, it, if it's broke, don't use it. <laughs> oh, speaking of broke, man, we were we were broken men um, when we found out that the gig was cancelled. So, um, right, I can't remember specifics of the gig other than it was a Friday night in the bar fly. I can't remember who got us the gig or anything like that. But um we we were pissed thoroughly pissed off, weren't we, when the gig got cancelled. Human. Because the gig was going ahead, but for some reason our slot was cancelled. I can't remember the specifics. Was it not because we boosted the big fucking hole in the wall? <laughs> <laughs> Quite, do you know, I've never to this day I've never questioned that they might have put two and two together. But Rowie's idea just to just tell them we're from Manchester, we're on our way. They can't turn us, they can't tell us to turn back. Like when we got told the news that you're not playing, it's like fucking hell, all this practicing and all that, it's all to waste, isn't it? I just can't be having this. I can't be having this slash can't be our sitting in the Albany for the rest of the night. Yeah. So might as well get busy. But yeah, I was fuming, fuming, and. I think we went back to yours to make the call. And when I called them up, I was just like, oh, you can't do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously we wouldn't have had a manager or anything like that. But I remember saying, we've just loaded up all our gear there. All our gear as well, by the way. <laughs> Come and use your amps. Uh, I remember lo- loading, like saying, we just loaded all our gear there. We're on the way down to 62, we're from Manchester. In, in this voice, did like <laughs> no method acting or not. And, and he were like, Oh, yeah, if you can get there in 10 minutes, and we were like, Fucking yeah, no worries. We're going to go See you in five. Because it felt like we were on a bit of an. Uh, an upward curve or a roll because we'd had the gig in the Zanzibar and Largo and I think they were something like a week apart or something like that and again they were quite unremarkable in the sense that they went well do you remember either of them? I remember like like you were saying about the Zanzibar and the Largo there very different to like the Barfly but yeah. just so good to be like cutting your teeth on like them stages because playing venues like that we 
it, it kind of made it like feel very real because you mm. weren't just playing like afternoon slots in pubs or in yeah. clubs around town. You were playing like actual venues and places like the Zanzibar, like wow, yeah. you saying there about the sound. And I remember people saying, oh, you can actually get your recordings if you're giving a mini disc yeah. or f- for them um, at the desk, like you'd be able to get recordings back. Like that's how long ago and how, yeah. how good it was. Like people wanted to get recordings from there. But yeah, I don't, don't remember too much detail about the gigs themselves apart from obviously you're not like cosplaying this band lark. Mm. It's real, it's real mm. and you're mm. doing it like at the bottom of your old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fancy Bar was special, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like Largo, I think memories from playing there was needing a shite and weighing <laughs> up the options because the toilets were that bad. Shitting yourself's better option. Yeah, there, yeah. It? I did have that once where I urinated down myself. <laughs> so, you did in Largo, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no one noticed, no one cares. The thing I remember about Largo is that, do you remember on the floor, it had these like floor tiles and it... Um, the pounds. It always looked like a they pound coin. They looked like a pound coin, always. And yeah. you'd go in knowing they weren't, but you'd have a few pints and every bastard time you'd go... Oh, there's a quid, and you'd better. Oh, no, it's the fucking tiles, do you remember? <laughs> but even if you didn't clock it and you clocked it on your own, you're like, oh, I don't want to look like a fucking mini bag here. <laughs> I go in here, sort my shoelaces out. <laughs> 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 you go down, you come up, devil. <laughs> Every time, in the years, and oh man, it's been yeah. uh, done up. I haven't been there for a long, long, long time, but it was uh, it was a haven, Largo. It was like yeah. the uh, the cool Zanzibar where you you could get in. Uh, I think we played for the build-up to when Caffrey's went to £1.20 for the happy hour. Because <laughs> like it seemed to have us, like like young people at the time, and then loads of older fellas drinking the bitter. You remember that? Yeah, because, oh God, yeah, it'd be like £1.10 a pint until it was time for Bob to put his kecks on. Oh, yeah, you know, like there was yeah. a cutoff point at seven o'clock where prices went up. Bob it's went. Now. <laughs> yeah, 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 when he, yeah, when yeah, he yeah. put his kecks on, it was like hit the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, a, I've got a feeling the Marco game was like a Sunday, a Sunday affair. Again, it was, it was all right. It was fine. We, we were pleased with it, and this is why things were feeling increasingly all right. This is what we do. And my, people are getting onto us on MySpace. People are shouting the Albany around town. We're gigging the Zanzibar Largo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think we got through three gigs like that ever again? <laughs> because I don't remember a, a succession of gigs where I was like, I was good at that. At this point, we were still actually practising. Yeah. Well, I say practising, we were still getting together in your bedroom and drinking fireball pills, but we'd yeah. still... Which is a why I think we, we, we felt all right just kind of going, yeah, well, we're still going to play. Even if you cancelled us, we're still going to play. Cause... We could back ourselves at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. As you can probably tell, dear listener, this is all going to change. But at that point, we were still meeting every Saturday after I'd finished my shift in Woolies via Groovy Gary's and the Albany. And we were still working on stuff. We still felt like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Um, so I think I think you're right. We we probably didn't have <laughs> as many good runs as gigs, but that was fine. And I think we have to emphasise the point we didn't have a bassist as well. Still, <laughs> still, <laughs> and we weren't close to getting one. And we still like weren't asked. No. I wasn't on the agenda once. No, 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 no. Right, we we didn't go looking for it. We didn't put out on my MySpace or or whatever Face Party or whatever the other ones were at that time. 
we needed the Albany needs a bit. We did we, like they imagine us going into like Dawson's or Curly's, you know, oh, with a, not one of them fucking yeah, yeah, rip off yeah, the number yeah, and all yeah, that. Rip off on. the number, no time wasters. Yeah. Must have own gear. Must have. But already got enough time wasters <laughs> in the fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Someone puts a number up on a music shop, and I just think they're not good enough. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> So that so it yeah. never crossed our mind. You want to find a bass player in like Mackey's or something that Yeah. Or the Albany in the corner. He goes, <laughs> oh, I can play bass, you know, lads. Right, you're in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not Should... ringing round. Yeah. Yeah. Desperate. So So playing these I just there's Andy about this phenomenal place where I'd seen like Noel Gallagher and the Coral and that. Playing it without a bass player is is now insane. But we were buzzing and uh, again, there they were loads of pictures, and I'm sure someone's got an archive somewhere. But there was a really good picture of us backstage reading the Echo, posing naturally, yeah. Yeah. but posing to make it look like we weren't posing. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. uh, candid, candid picture of uh, I mean, me and Rowie reading the Echo there, as if we're jagging and niches. <laughs> yeah, I had a green blazer on. That was too, a bit too big for me with a scarf, all <laughs> my drumsticks with shades on, with jet black straight hair. <laughs> we were uh, great, weren't we? Fucking hell. So the police incident. Uh, it was. We were outside on the um, the benches in the beer garden, and we were like, "Right, Rowie's um, got an idea." I thought we rang them from there, but you're right. We would have had to go to Steve's dad to do all yeah. this. So yeah. you had the idea. So right, okay, go go. And uh, like, there wasn't a, a second to lose because it was like six o'clock. We've got to go already. now. Don't yeah. finish this yeah. pint. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Take it yeah. with us. Yeah, there's a load of people waiting for us here. You know? <laughs> They're all expecting us. Because at, at this point, my mates from sixth form were all at uni, but they'd all come back for this Friday, and they were all planning on coming. So we, we knew, originally, we had a lot of people coming to the gig, so this felt like a, a way to... If we, if we act now, we can get all my yeah. mates back, and we can get a crowd, and we'll be sound, we'll be sound. So we can like the down Derby Lane, and it just says, Lord, this police car. And you can see it coming... Oh, there we go. There's no point trying to hide it. You know, they, they've seen us. I know, you know, that type of thing. And, oh, God. If from memory, like, it went, like, the late night, so it would have been, like, daylight, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, when, yeah, When yeah. we were doing it all, and they didn't put, they didn't even, like, put the sirens on, like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> Do you know what hey, hey, use. Take it, get yeah. over here. It wasn't the first time in Derby Lane with, with fought the authorities. You know, we, I remember having an argument with a milkman once. Because you know, he calls us nicking some milk. But How dare he? Yeah, it was a step up. Oh, how dare he? Very good. You know, we, we had incidents Very afterwards good. where we got caught swimming in a puddle and we got told off by the police. Oh, that's for another time. Yeah, well, actually, one. I think they just looked at us, didn't they? <laughs> but, but yeah. It was height of, like, chav culture, weren't it? So like all yes. this open open drinking and all that, it was it yeah. was a massive no no. Oh yeah, and yeah. <laughs> obviously we're there like walking around with like pint glasses like almost full, and we, we were halfway to yours because it's not a massive walk. No, and got pulled oh, yeah. up from yeah. the corner like the Red Cena. Yeah, yeah, and it was like oh, just devastated pouring away any any drink even if there was a swig left yeah, they, they yeah, weren't letting yeah. you drink it yeah. it was like pour it out now on the floor <laughs> idiots I finally understood the NWA fuck the police you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you see I'd love to but um, as I've said in other episodes uh, when it comes down to it 
I'm, I'm just terrified of conflict. So I was very much like, oh, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't realise you couldn't carry out. I, I knew full well what I was doing, but, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just a good Catholic boy. Can you please let me go? I was Sean, you know, three Hail Marys and let me go. Um, very much at odds with, with everything I'd portrayed up to that point. You know, I'm a fucking, yeah, I'm a rebel. You know, the slightest bit of it. In the gutter. I'll donate to a charitable cause. <laughs> I was just, I was just mortified because I knew as well that I, I'd, I'd came across like that. I knew I, I couldn't go back. To, you know, when they pulled me aside and they were like, "Well," they were clearly just like, "Look, dickhead." Not only are you carrying alcohol in an open and you're drinking it, you're carrying a weapon. And they said, they said that's the worst thing about this. You're carrying that. You know, basically, you could glass somebody, and they were like, "The kids about as if I'm going to glass a kid." As if they like the emo music. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a joke. But I knew that, like, I knew that coming back to you, as I couldn't even play it off as like, oh, I just fought the all lads because I was so like. <laughs> I think Steve was the most wounded because he wanted these fucking pine glasses for Buckles Bar. I had the stools on the table. (laughs) Could have completed the set. Antiques Roadshow there, And I had the uh, the ashtray. What what was the the brand name of that one? It was a castle name, was it? Skull. 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 (laughs) Weighed half a ton. (laughs) Skull someone with a skull, couldn't you? (laughs) So, yeah, that was our first, first brush with the law. That night. Nice, yeah. yeah, we fought the law day one oh, that, yeah. that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even fight them. Oh. <laughs> I met them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. Agreed. <laughs> I put my escape from incarceration aside and with ego slightly bruised, soon turned my attention to the gig at hand. Once in Steve's house, we hurriedly announced to MySpace that the gig was back on and I used the last of my credit on my pay-as-you-go phone to tell all my mates to change their plans for the second time and come down and see us. We excitedly loaded up Steve's dad's van and felt like renegades. Guerrilla gigs were very much in vogue at this time, in which bands would turn up and play supposedly unannounced gigs in unusual venues like on the London Tube or a top man's shop, The cynic in me, two decades later, now strongly suspects that these were actually well-coordinated PR stunts, as opposed to evidence of the revitalised breath of naughty's punk, as we were told. But that's another point for another time. Because with us worming our way back into the lineup via the clandestine approach, we felt like we were doing something similar and we were smashing the imaginary glass ceiling we assumed was above us. Not quite. On arriving back at the barfly, time was tight and we were told we pretty much had to load on via the back entrance and play. Nobody questioned our lack of Mancunian accents and thankfully Bob's DIY work from the last time we played appeared to have gone unnoticed. We grabbed a few bottles of lukewarm Carlsberg and strode back onto the stage to boldly announce ourselves to the entrance of three members of the headline act and Steve's dad. Oh dear. Now the upstairs of the Barfly, it's a medium-sized venue, but when there are four people in a crowd, it suddenly becomes very large indeed. Undeterred, we roused ourselves by reassuring each other the crowd was surely on its way, and besides, it's all good practice, let's just get some minutes in our legs. I recall the first two songs going well, and despite the crowd numbers remaining static, feeling good. Then, during two minds, I felt the all-too-familiar ping of a string snapping. 
Determined not to break my golden rule of never stopping, I ploughed on and bumbled through the rest of the song, but it was clear that trouble was on the horizon. Lacking backup or replacements, as if, we had no choice but to carry on regardless. We hadn't encountered this problem before, so I recall Rowie and I blankly staring at each other, unsure of what to do, before he, unannounced, started playing One More Cup of Coffee by Bob Dylan. Now I knew this song inside out, as did Steve, but we hadn't played it live before, so we tried to cobble together an impromptu cover version, but any sense of cohesion and verve was long gone, as was the audience. I looked up and the main act had sidled off to the bar, leaving us playing to Steve's dad and Steve's dad alone. Cover song finished, thoroughly deflated. I was at a loss at what to do and was increasingly frustrated with the whole affair. Where were the masses? Where was the spare string? What about the fortune cookie? Seemingly unbothered, Rowie launched into a jam in F-sharp minor and Steve duly joined in. I remember trying to noodle something, trying to salvage anything from a thoroughly dispiriting affair, but on looking back up and seeing the sound man resting his head on his hand and only Steve's dad, I decided I'd had enough. I threw my first strop and put my guitar down and walked off stage. Rowie and Steve carried on for about 30 seconds more before the sound fizzled to a hiss and they left the stage to stonewall silence, with me wishing we hadn't bothered. Steve's dad was sanguine about the whole thing and him reassuring us that at least we now had a cover song under our belts will always stick with me as a wonderfully nice thing to do, but I just wanted to write the whole evening off and go to the pub, which we duly did. For, for years I thought I'd just put my guitar down, but Rowie over the years has, has told me several times I did throw a strop. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll hold my hands up now, I did, I did storm off. <laughs> I thought I, I should have done the same, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like, because we hurtled down the sixty-two. <laughs> <laughs> like when we got there to like sound check, it was just a line check because you'd be like, like well, you're on levels. Yeah. You got you got ten minutes, <clears throat> yeah, wh- yeah, whatever time the doors were, whatever. And I think we should have. Literally read the room from the minute we walked in because it was fucking dead. Oh, yeah. And and mm. that's the saying you're on in ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, what the hell is going to happen here? So you're like nipping outside for a ciggy or something before you come back on. And obviously the place hasn't filled up. But again, it's just nice to be backstage and yeah. doing this and that and the other. And you think, well, it's, yeah, we'll just give it a go away. Like why not? Hoping that people are turn up. Yeah. Hoping yeah. that anyone that. So people would want to support like local music as it you know I mean? <laughs> over 14s are welcome because yeah. <laughs> it was uh, again uh, at the risk of sounding like an old fart it, which is mad to say now you have to have credit on your phone because I remember uh, me mates as I said earlier me mates from uni were back so I was using the last of me credit to tell them to come back down but they didn't have credit to to um, ask me the details so now it's rapid rapid mm. isn't it you know if the gig's back on come come back but back by then they if they change the plans they change the plans but I didn't know that because they wouldn't have had credits because we were all skint so they couldn't tell me Matty we've changed we've changed our plans now we're, we're, so we as, as you were saying we, we were expecting well all those people who said they were going to come they, they, they're going to come now but <laughs> I wish we were in Manchester to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a miserable. I remember the gig starting and I remember us playing clearly thinking, Do you know what? I'm not asked if there's four people in the crowd with sound. And um 
like quickly went south. When me, it was all when me, me, me string snapped. Yeah, I think After there was the more in soundcheck. Gig. To be honest, <laughs> there was more people yeah. there in soundcheck than yeah. when we started playing. It was the first track and the group that were headlining. I think were watching us. Yeah, one track in, they walked off and went like, in the back. Because like, upstairs in that mask, there's that wall yeah. there, like we were saying before. They yeah. literally just. They didn't even pretend. No. They just walked behind the wall. <laughs> I just did yeah. half a little <clears throat> Yeah, my dad was standing there when he watching us. God love him. Uh, the Bob Bob Dylan song I thought went well. But <laughs> well, why the fuck were we even like <laughs> trying that even like in the yeah. empty room? Because would we have like probably would have jammed it and like we'd have, we'd have messed around yeah. with it, you know, yeah. like like we did with teenage kids yeah. or something. But uh, I remember you. You started playing not even the chords. You did the, like the, the the bass or the violin riff, and I was like, "Oh, Roey well, started now." I, I know what he. Right, so if anyone wants to listen to the track now, there's a violin <laughs> and a, a bass for the first yeah. 30, 60 seconds. <laughs> we had nine. And we weren't fucking Bob Dylan either. No, no, <laughs> Christ, no, no. And I, I, I was down a string, and um... I think we dad clapped it. <laughs> a solitary clap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it just. Uh, but yeah, you, you obviously had had enough even before that point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you threw yeah. your this, you first exit stage yeah. left, whatever. Yeah. But obviously, like me being like this competent master of like these five chords. <laughs> the problem is when you threw your guitar down, you'd have to go back on stage again. <laughs> Good thing is, no one was there to see me come back on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you fucked off, it was just me and Stan. It was like, we can't just... I can't believe Matt. Oh, my God. Like, what the... There's only two of us now. <laughs> oh, we're not the white stripes, but we can be shite. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, like, thrashing on this fucking back. Or Steve just going, go ahead and, like smacking his drums and all that but obviously it just it makes no sense like it's just no. it's just happening and like you say 30 seconds later just give up and <laughs> Marty had the idea all along and probably the promoters had the right idea like fucking getting <laughs> yeah, yeah. saying we don't we don't need this, this gig the only, the only person that had the right to be pissed off in that building that night was the plasterer going over Bob's hand <laughs> and you'd have a fellow wasting 10, yeah. 10 pounds yeah. 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 he couldn't even have a drink or anything as well. <laughs> it was our first like sour moment yeah. there'd be plenty to come yeah. but it was our first like oh do you know everything else had just gone fine before this it was our first like you know combined with the the, the my brush with the look my stroke with the look <clears throat> it just felt like oh I thought we were on yeah, we were, we were never going to jack it in after that. Oh, no, God, no. But, like, yeah. looking back on it, like, you could see why you wouldn't bother your ass again because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank God, like, we had, like, a little run of gigs yeah. to build yeah, up yeah, our yeah, confidence yeah, yeah. and nothing. Like, it was, so it, it wasn't like our confidence was, like, knocked down through the floor. It was just a bit of a drag because yeah. it felt like you were just making a bit of... T- Bit of a titter yourself, yeah, yeah, but yeah, thankfully, yeah. in a way, in front of no one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was actually just the reality of Gigan. the music industry, wasn't yeah. it? You know, it's the reality of where we were actually were. You know, yeah, the fact yeah. that we turned off no amps, no anything, no backup plan of your string snapping. <laughs> you know, it was reality. We were still where using we were. ten watt amps. That, that's the thing. No, we, we didn't take them to gigs. We just turned yeah, up. Yeah. And I, if you took them to a gig, that. 
go, what the fuck are they? <laughs> and that's why we didn't. We'd turn up and go, can we use your amps? Like, not agreed in advance. We'll play your gig if you can give us. we just yeah. turn up and go, right, we're the Albany. Yeah, yeah, where's your equipment? Uh, it's yours. Your equipment, that's our equipment tonight. Yeah, where is it? Yeah, where is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be like, there's bass drum and toms, isn't it? I've got me cymbals and bin bags. In bin bags, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But we didn't have Bob with us, so there was no no, no danger of any walls. Maybe he was our mojo. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe we were just pissed off because we were sober, because there was no Bob. Because <laughs> yeah. the police had taken our ale and there was no Bob to buy us, eh? Yeah. Or bribed them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they would have went, all right, all right, Bob. We'll, <laughs> let, we'll, we'll let your lads go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. U- utterly shite experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every every band has, has, has a night like, like that. The, the amount of arse around just to, to like, Get the gig in the end, yeah. just not worth it, and no. not worth for, for everyone involved. And you no. can literally count them on your hands because there's only <laughs> fucking three of us, and Steve's half of and the sound engineer. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, like what's the point? Yeah, like yeah. what 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 is the point? But uh, on reflection, I'd be more pissed off now. If, I can't remember who they were, but the, the headline band they must have had a worse night than us, though. Because yeah. well, it was dead. The place <laughs> was dead. Right. I, I, that ain't that ain't getting full in the next two and a half <laughs> no, hours. No. Well, as I said when we arrived, all these bands are shit, <laughs> <laughs> including us. <laughs> We met up with a mate of Steve's called Ashley and had a few drinks in town before calling it quits and decided to go back to what we knew, the Albany. We grabbed a pizza takeaway each and jumped into a black taxi. Halfway through Kensington, stopped the traffic lights, Ashley had finished his pizza and noticed there was a bin on the side of the street, as did the man behind the counter in the kebab shop it was outside of. The boss man could clearly see what Ashley was thinking and via sign language and thumbs up encouraged Ashley to throw the box from the taxi into the bin. Some innocent hijinks that was going to soften the blow of a rather damp squib of an evening. Ashley launched his pizza pizza box out of the window, narrowly missing the bin. He asked the taxi driver to hold on while he jumped out to actually put it in the bin, but before this could happen, the blue light of an unmarked police car that had been behind us went on, flooding our vision, and we then heard the wailing of sirens from officers who clearly took a disparaging view of litterbugs. For fuck's sake. So, Pizzagate. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't rehearsed that at all. <laughs> But yeah, pizza guys. Yeah. It was oh man. If you get, if you want to put a uh, what a, a pepperoni on the the pizza of the night, that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> we we met Ashley. Who, who, we uh, we only stay new at that point, but we met our mate Ashley. And when when that was like that's how your night ends after all this fucking drab squib, and then oh, the, your, your second encounter with the police in a night over absolute mindless. What I don't get about the police's problem. Was it a good spin? And it, <laughs> it, it was clearly going towards the bin. It just... <laughs> the way the bin was shaped, it was the edges. Yeah. So, actually, it was Liverpool City Council's problem. Well, there we go. It yeah. raises a bigger question. Yeah. They've got, them, they've got them, like, fucking super mega bins now. <laughs> now, if, if, we were, if we were, like, doing that today, that would have no fucking problem. flew in easy. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> what we Sign of the times, if anything. <laughs> 
What Probably what give the them a kick up the arse. Yeah. <laughs> when the police came home and started talking to us, we should just started playing them one more cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they were the dumb one fairly quickly. It's not worth it. It's just not worth one it. One more pepperoni <laughs> for the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh shite that <laughs> it just it just summed up that that, that ultimate oh, the despondency of the night but you know yeah. it was literally because we were in this hackney cab like them blue lights lighting yeah. up the whole carriage it that you're sitting in oh, like, oh, <laughs> what's this yeah. see this was in a but we didn't even get out the cab no no, no. <laughs> this, this, this was years before austerity where like police could stop you for that <laughs> <laughs> It was just so like, oh, you messing? Because it was so innocent. Like the the bloke in the kebab shop was like, you could see what Ashley was trying to do. So he was like, you know, thumbs up. Hey, you go on, you you try and do it. And I mean, God love Ashley. The fact he actually he actually said, didn't he? Oh, hang on, mate, hang on. Let me uh, let me stop the taxi. Right me wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. Let me. I don't want to litter. And then, but before we could do that, was. Oh, I don't know. God. You know, I think he was in on the conspiracy because we didn't buy the pizza from his place. And he oh, could, he could probably see, see the police. The yeah, police yeah. Oh, it was Big Kebab. Yeah. Big Kebab. <laughs> <laughs> that the, that's what it was called. That's a Big Kebab, yeah, yeah. They were in on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> don't, tr- don't trust pizza owners <laughs> or the police. <laughs> we were a political band. We just yeah. didn't realise it. Is, <laughs> yeah. that, is that what we're saying? <laughs> Fuck the police. Pizza parlors, <laughs> <laughs> but to to, to hear all, remember all these stories now and now that I'm, I'm not spoiling anything because we said this in episode one, but to know that we'd end up on Radio One, <laughs> you know, he, telling these stories now and knowing that we actually didn't change much, <laughs> but still end up on Radio One. It's 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 nights like that that you think if you could have whizzed back and said, "Don't worry, lads, you'll end up on Radio One." At that night, I'd have told you, "Fuck off, mate." No way. Yeah, this has been. Yeah. This has been the knife from hell. Yeah, yeah. The shittest gig we've ever done today. Yeah, yeah to probably, date. probably, <laughs> probably the shittest pizza they've ever had. Was that bad? We threw it out the window. <laughs> and the police twice yeah. in one night. But what I don't understand at this point: why didn't we look for a bass player? <laughs> we played a song that's heavily bass. With no bass player, it's got to you this, hasn't it? It has, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's too late now, Steeler. Been different. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Two brushes with the law, one shit gig, and we ended up in the album. We, do you know what? That night we probably missed last orders as well. It was that type of night, wasn't it? Miserable night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Miserable night. Yeah. Good job they always had to stay behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It would have been one of those three knocks on the window. Yeah. Oh man. Probably police. It was. Thinking about it now. It was, wasn't it? It definitely was. It was, wasn't it? The lads are here. Get them in. Yeah. <laughs> How was the gig, lads? Smashed it. <laughs> Smashed yeah. the range. Got to be the next fosters? big thing, these lads. <laughs> <laughs> and now look at us, the global podcast. Do you know what, though? We were talking about the uh, the other bands fucking off when we played the first yeah. song. When we finished, we fucked right off, didn't we? Oh, right off. So, so there was three, three and you're out, four less so. people. <laughs> yeah. Fuck knows who was on next. <laughs> <laughs> They might have got nicked. <laughs> <laughs> April and May will be fucking crying again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I'd love to say the only way was up from there, but um, actually, the next thing was we licked our wounds and we said, right, we've we've fought on the battlefield of the live arena. We need to record. That 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 I think after all that we were like, right, okay, okay, we've had our good, we've had our bad. We only had four gigs, but we were like, we've had our good. The next thing is the studio. What's one of them? That's one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you think of. Let's record. We haven't got a full band, and we've got about five, four songs really that you could record. I'm not including intro or outro. <laughs> so that's where we went. Next stop, the studio. Avanti. <laughs> so Long Too Long is a podcast written by me, Matty Lachmanday, also starring Liam Rowlands and Steve Buckley. For more information, search So Long Too Long Podcast on all socials or email us at so long too long pod at gmail.com. So Long Too Long is part of the Club Shipwreck Network. For more information, go to www.patreon.com slash clubshipwrecked. Thanks to John Gibbons and the Anfield Rap for Loan of the Studio. I like playing him at that, but...